The example that he left for us and what's been recorded in the Bible for us. Start with these couple of verses. <clears throat> but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. To knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter penned these words. And if you know anything about the life of Peter, I think he's writing this to himself just about as much as it is to us. Because of the things that happened in his life that we need to appreciate. If we look at his life, we can look at all these hills and valleys that he went through. Hills and valleys that you and I go through. Peter the Apostle is who we're going to be talking about. We're going to look at a few stories tonight through his life, starting with him from the very beginning when Andrew brings him to meet Peter, meet Jesus, and he goes and gets him. Some of the things that Peter did, he didn't do anything halfway. Watch and learn and listen tonight and see if you see those as we go through these. If someone else was thinking it, Peter said it out loud. Have you ever been with somebody that does that? You're thinking it, but the guy next to you says it? While others were deciding what to do, Peter was already doing it. And finally, Peter led with his heart. And that's important for us to look at and realize tonight. Now, I am a visual learner, so what I did was I put pictures to all of the verses and things that we're going to talk about tonight that will help me remember what it is. I hope it will help you as well. I went through and scoured all kinds of pictures from all over the internet. I'll probably get letters saying you can't do that. This is when Andrew took Peter to meet Jesus for the very first time. Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. And he comes excited to Peter and says, we have found the Messiah. And he brought Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and says, you are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas. Now, did you notice right off the bat, Jesus knew who Peter was? He said, you're Simon. You are Simon. But then he comes right back and says, you will be Cephas or Peter or Rock. He knew the moment that he met him, he was destined for something. Peter didn't think too much about it, though. Peter went back to fishing. He was a fisherman. And Jesus is walking by one day the lake, and he sees Simon. And he goes to Simon specifically and says, Simon, about taking me out in your boat? So they go offshore just a little ways. They've been fishing all night. They've been coming in. They're cleaning their nets. They're tired. But Simon does, does what he asked him to do. And when Jesus finished speaking, once again, he said to Simon, take the boat out in deeper water and put out your nets and you'll catch some fish. They didn't have any luck that night. 
They fished at night because the fish would come into shallower water. During the day, they would go into deeper water because it was hot. They would go into deep. Simon answers and says, Master, we worked all night and we tried to catch fish, but nothing. But we'll do it at your bidding. We'll do it. And we know the story. The fishermen put their nets into the water. Their nets were filled so many fish, they had to call the others over to help them. Get all these fish. They had never had a catch this big. This was a miracle. And look at Simon's reaction. Simon Peter saw that and he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Why would Peter say that? Was he not filled with grace? Was he not there in the presence of Jesus? Was he not? He was looking at his own humility and what was going on in his life. For amazement seized him and his companions because of the catch. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. This is where the phrase, fishermen of men, comes from. And look at what it says they did down at the bottom. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Can you imagine Peter, James, John, who did I leave out? Andrew. They all drop everything and just walk away and follow Jesus. Is that impulsive? Have you ever done something like that? Have you ever seen such a great idea you drop everything? We can relate to Peter sometimes when we do stuff like that. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Here's the 12 apostles, starting with Peter, James, John, all up in the corner. We look at it. The first four are your fishermen. And in each of the Gospels and over in Acts, you look at when the, the apostles are listed, whose name is always listed first? Simon. So now let's look at some of the things that happened in his life that made him who he is and things that we can look at to say that, yes, I can relate to that. Or look at the example that is there and say, that wasn't very smart on his move there, was it? Peter walks on the water. This is usually Jesus walks on water. But I wanted to put the emphasis on Peter is walking on the water here. This is in Matthew chapter 14. If you guys want to turn over and look at that and read it for yourselves. Jesus sent the disciples away and told them, go ahead and get in the boat and cross on over. I'll catch up with you in a little while. So he went off to pray for a little bit. And sometime during this, the winds picked up. These are seasoned fishermen in here. Some of them are. And the waves were against them, so they were rowing very hard. And in the fourth watch, this is between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. They had been rowing a good while, obviously. Jesus came to them walking on the water. This says walking on the sea here. But the disciples saw him walking and they were terrified. Look at the reaction they had. They were terrified. 
and thought it was a ghost. Put yourself in their shame shoes and you're dealing with a storm and you look out and you see something coming at you on the water walking, what would you think? I'd be terrified too. But Jesus says, take heart. Do not be afraid. But what does Peter do? Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come on out there. And Jesus uses one word and he says, come. And what does Peter do? He jumps out of that boat and he starts walking on the water. We miss that sometimes, don't we? He was walking on the water to Jesus. This is great. But then he gets distracted for just a minute. The wind, the sea, and he starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out his hand and lifts him up and says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And he gets back in the boat. The wind immediately stops. The sea calms. And everybody in the boat starts to worship him and say, Truly, you are the Son of God. So who was the lesson for here? Was it for Peter? For his faith? Or was it for everybody that was in the boat when they got back into it? Great example all the way around though, wasn't it? We hear a lot about this one. Peter's confession. This is also in Matthew. We read and we find out that they've come to the district of Caesarea and Philippi. He's with all of his apostles or his disciples here. And he asks the question of them. He says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say? So a few of them say, well, John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. But then he specifically asks, who do you say that I am? And can you kind of envision him turning to Peter? Because Peter speaks up for all of them and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And look at this. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. What a great thing just happened. Jesus blessed Peter. He must be feeling really good at this moment in time. And Jesus says, flesh nor blood has revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Peter ought to be feeling really good right about now. He said, I've walked on water. That was pretty cool. Jesus just complimented me with what I just said about him. And just a little bit later, Peter decides that he needs to rebuke Jesus. And I don't think this quite turned out the way Peter thought it was going to. Jesus starts explaining to his disciples now that what's getting ready to happen to him. They've been with him for a number of years now. And he says, I've got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to have to suffer many things the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Imagine sitting in that crowd, hearing that, and you get to the part where he says he's got to be killed, and you miss the part about, but be raised on the third day. Peter's reaction, 
Look at what Peter does. He took Jesus aside and said, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Look at the passion that Peter has trying to prevent what's going to happen. Now look at Jesus' reaction to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Just a little bit ago, he said, blessed are you. And now he says, get behind me, Satan. Wow, you're talking about going from a hill to a valley. Pretty quick, huh? Life's like that sometimes, even with us. We're rocking along thinking things are working really well. Peter at the Transfiguration. The inner three go up with him. Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them to the highest mountain by themselves. And when they're there, Jesus transfigures before them. And his clothes become radiant. So one, no one on earth can bleach in this good. And there appeared to him Elijah and Moses, and they were talking to Jesus. Some of the most influential figures in the Jewish race, Moses and Elijah, talking to Jesus. Look at the reaction of the three. They were terrified of what they were seeing. And guess who speaks up? Peter. He says, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say, it says, because he was terrified. But before anybody could answer him or say anything, a cloud comes over and a voice came out of the heavens and said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. That one short statement there put Jesus above Moses and Elisha. Peter, James, and John all saw that, but it was Peter that spoke out. Peter tells Jesus, you ain't washing my feet. That's a southern term, you ain't washing my feet. <clears throat> They're at their last supper together. And Jesus humbles himself as a servant and walks around and starts washing everyone's feet. And he came to Simon Peter. Simon's been watching all this. And Simon thinks this is so demeaning that he shouldn't be doing this. So I'm not going to let him do it to me. He said, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus said, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Talking about being a servant. Peter said to him, you shall not wash my feet. He didn't think the Son of God ought to be washing his feet. When Jesus says, if I do not wash your feet, you will have no share with me. Jesus explained to him that if you don't let me do this, you won't have any part of me. Peter's reaction is, well, great. In order to be a part of you, don't stop with my feet. Just go ahead and wash me from head to toe. And Jesus answers him back and says, one who is bathed doesn't need to be washed except for their feet. But Peter's reaction is so much more inflated, so zealous about what he's thinking about here. He says, hey, if, you, if it's just my feet, 
in order to be fully plugged in, just wash me from head to toe. I'll be all right with it. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand what's happening. Jesus in the conversation still talks about what's getting ready to happen. And Peter vows he's ready to go to prison or to die with Jesus. A dispute rose amongst them regarding who is the greatest. They're sitting here around the table with Jesus. And the disciples are talking amongst themselves. I wonder who's going to be the greatest when all this is over with. Or who's the greatest now? Well, we've seen Simon Peter's name is always listed at the top of this list. Every time we see a list of the apostles. Jesus interrupts and looks right at Simon and says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demands to have you, that he might sift you like wheat, but I am praying for you that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. Simon was probably not expecting that since they were talking about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And Peter, in all honesty, bless his heart, he says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to die. For you. And Jesus tells him, Peter the rooster will not crow this day until you've denied me three times, but you did not know me. Imagine hearing that after you have just sworn your allegiance to Jesus that I'm going with you wherever you go, Jesus. And he says, you're going to deny me three times before it's morning time, before the rooster crows. Peter has a sword. Who gave Peter a sword? If you think about it. They actually had two swords amongst them. Jesus tells them. He says, now if you have, take your purse along with you, a bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. And the disciples spoke up and said, well, we've got two. And Jesus said, that's enough. That's okay. So Peter obviously had one of them. I don't know who had the other. They've gone to the garden. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. And the apostles and the disciples see what's happening. And they react to it. When Jesus' followers saw what was going on, they said to the Lord, shall we strike with our swords? They asked the question, shall we get him with our sword? What does Peter do? He's already doing it. He's done cut the ear off of this fellow. Peter's reaction was fierce. He was ready. And he cut off the right ear of the high priest's servant. And Jesus says, no more of this. He stops. And he touched the man's ear and healed it. And amongst all of this, they take him off. The disciples scatter. But Peter follows at a distance. In the shadows, he's following to where they're taking Jesus that night. And as he's observing, he's trying to blend in with everybody. And now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and look who spies him there. A servant girl comes up and says, hey, you're one of them. A servant girl. You're one of them. And he denied it. He said, I've never, I don't know what you're talking about. A little bit later, 
He went out toward the entrance. And look who accosts him again. Another servant girl. A servant girl comes up to Peter and says, you were one of them. I saw you with them. You were with that Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. You notice it wasn't any officials. It wasn't any of the high priests. It wasn't any Roman centurions saying, hey, you were with him. It's two servant girls. And Peter breaks down and says, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the last, there's some bystanders standing around. This is the third time. Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent gives you away. And he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, he says, I don't know the man. And as soon as those words were uttered, the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said. You're going to deny me three times before that rooster crows in the morning. And he went out and wept bitterly. Can you imagine how Peter felt at that moment? A couple of hours earlier, he was all ready to die, go to prison or whatever it takes. Two servant girls and somebody else says, you were with him. And he said, no, I'm not. After his death, burial, and resurrection, several days have passed, and Peter says, hey, I think we'll go back fishing. So seven of them go fishing with Peter. They're all in the boat. Once again, they go out at night, and they don't catch a thing. And in the morning, here's Jesus on the bank. And he asks the question again like he did earlier. Y'all catch anything? I said, nope. He said, let your nets down on the right side. They did. And they caught so many fish when they pulled the boat in. John recognizes the person on the banks up there and says, Peter, that's Jesus. And can you see it? Peter jumps off the boat. I don't know if he thought he was going to be able to walk on water again or he was just so excited that he saw Jesus for the first time since that night. He jumps off the boat and swims to be there with him. And then after supper, after breakfast there, Jesus was talking to Peter and said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these other men love me? And Peter says, you know I do, Lord. And Jesus tells him, take care of my sheep or my lambs. Jesus asks him a second time, Peter, do you love me? Peter, once again, you know I love you. And Jesus once again says, take care of my sheep. And Jesus is going to ask him three times. And he says, the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was saddened. Look at the reaction here because Jesus had asked him three times, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, 
take care of my sheep. Jesus knew what potential Peter had. And he comes at the very end of it and says, then he said to Peter, follow me. Follow me. As we look on the examples that we saw through Peter's life tonight, the ups and downs that he had, and that Jesus still said to him, follow me. That ought to be an encouragement to us because we have so many issues we're dealing with. This coronavirus has really got a lot of folks on edge. There's people out of work. There's people having to stay home. There's people dealing with all kinds of emotional stress. And every day brings a new drama to some, doesn't it? James tells us, he says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Peter faced some trials. Peter had some high points, walking on the water, being blessed by Jesus. Jesus. Peter had some low points when Peter, when he tried to rebuke Jesus, and he called him Satan, when he denied Jesus three times. But when it was all said and done, we have a wonderful example of what we should be able to do. There's nothing that grace can't cover with us. There's no sin too big. There is nothing that we have done that will not keep us from having Jesus say, follow me. I don't know if you can read this very well. It says, all of life is peaks and valleys. He said, don't let the peaks get too high and the valleys too low. If you need help, reach out and talk to somebody. If there's something that you're needing in your life, talk to somebody. We offer an invitation anytime that we get together like this to allow folks that as they reflect, we hope some of the words that we've said tonight might strike a chord with others. If you understand and you know what's being asked of you, if you're willing to obey the gospel, we'd ask you to come now while we stand and sing.